Hello and welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode 117. Yes, it is the fated Halo Master Chief episode. Uh, are we going to talk about Halo? Maybe. At the very least, you will get a Halo-themed quiz put together by our very own Jacob McCourt. But before that, introductions. I'm your host, Morsain, and I'm joined, as always, by Jean-Luc Saipke. Howdy do, gamers. Coming at you from a brand new microphone. Do I sound good? Do I sound you, crisp? Ooh, crisp. You do sound good. You do ooh. sound good. It sounds real nice. Um, also joining us is Jordan Ramey. What up, what up? Coming from my old as hell microphone. Not nearly as crisp, ooh. but it's served me well. <laughs> And for the first time, you may have seen him on our excellent news videos. It's Devante Chisholm. Welcome. Hey, what up, everyone? Honored to be here on the podcast for the first time. Devante, we have a segment on this podcast, which we renamed. Someone quickly remind me what it, what, what it is now called. I've forgotten it. So it used <laughs> That's to be a John the, Luke question. Uh, it used to be the up. Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Yeah. But then we realized Chris is has abandoned us long ago. But then we we renamed it to something. I can't Did we ever it. confirm that Chris abandoned us like well, we, we put i we think put we just said out. that one day and we ran with that story. no no we said chris for multiple episodes we're like chris if you're out there let us know and we'll keep the name as is and chris did not reply not in our discord he didn't dm us he didn't he didn't at us on twitter nothing no signs of life from chris which leads me to believe chris has moved on from our podcast so uh, this is no longer the chris from dayton ohio segment it is now the jackson from nairobi kenya Second. Nairobi, Kenya. That's where it was. I knew it was Jackson, right. but I didn't know where it was. Uh, for some reason in my mind, it was like, it's from Transylvania, right? And I was, no, that's not right. That's not right. Okay, then. So uh, the Jackson from Nairobi, Kenya segment in which anyone new to the uh, podcast is uh, invited to tell us about themselves, what they do, the games they love, the movies they love, the stuff that is pa they're passionate about. And, you know, kind of imagine this being your tinder profile for podcast <laughs> listeners they're gonna, right. they're gonna decide they're gonna decide whether they want to swipe left or right on you Devante. and um don't worry about it most people will always swipe right here but they need a good idea of they want to go into the swipe feeling good about it so tell All us right. about yourself so Devonte chisholm here um and I am video producer here at GameSpot, and I'm doing a lot of the news videos along with Persia. Um, we swap weeks, uh, but I've kind of had my hands in everything around here since starting three months ago, and it's crazy to think that it's been three months. Um, what I really love video game-wise is games like Breath of the Wild, The Witcher, and the Uncharted series, really high on the... Uh, Far Cry series as well for some reason, even though I know it's the same thing over and over again. In terms of movies, I love, you know... Hey, me too, man. It, things like Inception, but also like Crazy Stupid Love. Um, and I've also this week fallen in love with Seinfeld. So we could throw that hey. onto our list of favorite things. <laughs> mm, also Long Walks on the Beach uh, and uh, stuff, mm -hmm. typical things like that. Now, Devante, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, wh wh if you had to take out the entire GameSpot community on your first date, where would you take them? <laughs> 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 uh, 
entire on games for community imagine on them, the first yeah. day imagine <laughs> i mean i really just want to go with like the dollar menu because that's that's a that's a big <laughs> bill right there that's a smart choice <laughs> that's kind of all i want to do respect it. I respect it. Honestly, like I would be, I would be up for that. So well done. Well, we're awesome. excited to have you here, Devante. Um, and uh, we're excited for the community to start getting behind you as well. Um, I'm sure a lot of them have been watching the um, news videos, but if you're not, please do check them out. They're excellent. A nice digestible way to get the biggest news of the day. But let's move on to the what we've been doing, watching, playing segment of this show. Um, let's kick it off with uh, Jordan. Jordan, what have you been up to? Yeah, kicking off with me. Yeah. Uh, so, quickly, not even worth talking about, because now I've written my things about the game that we were all, like, hinting at for the past couple of weeks was Guardians of the Galaxy. We promised them, Jordan. We, we are going to be talking about this, Jordan. You can't duck out of this. <laughs> I, I wrote a review for it. I All of my opinions are already <laughs> out there. Um, so... Uh, Sure. Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I'm more positive on that game than a lot of the people at uh, GameSpot. Maybe not in the our peers across sites overall. Um, but I really like it. I think the Guardians in the game are significantly better than their MCU counterparts. I think Guardians Volume 3 has a lot to live up to in comparison to this game. Um and even though I'm not, like, completely sold on the combat, uh, it's one of the better stories that I've enjoyed in a video game this year, uh, which is why it's snuck on to the lower half of my top 10 for 2021. Um, mm. I am sure that Lucy, John, Luke, and Tam will, like, disagree with me on a lot of things about it. For me, it's, like, just a very simplified streamlined like variation far less good but still decent story of like final fantasy 7 remake where it's like just telling people what to do very little strategy involved but really good story and i'm like that's i just need more single player games in my life that i can play and beat in a single weekend and just like know that there's no expansion pass there's no dlc there's no battle pass there's nothing i just play it enjoy it and i'm done and just wipe my hands of it and that's that's a beautiful thing so Preach. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jean-Luc, you've been playing it a lot as well. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think I'm on the lower tier uh, of of most opinions I've seen. I was like surprised how positive it was uh, when all the reviews came out on Monday. Uh, and and I think I, I... So I really didn't like it, and then I kind of came around to it. But I still left disappointed. Um to be fair, I think the game kind of leaves a really bad first impression. I think that opening chapter is uh, not that interesting because, uh, like, the plot hasn't really kicked in and, like, the gameplay's really boring. Also, something that, um, and this isn't fair to the game, so I'm, I won't hold it against it, but uh, when I first started playing, uh, the camera on Star-Lord was really, really close. Mm. Like, Gears of War level close over the shoulder. And I was like this is the camera like the 
combat is awful like this. Like, why would they do this? Uh, and then, like, later it got, uh, it, like, zoomed out more after that chapter. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Why would they do that for the first uh, chapter? Turns out that was a bug. Uh, oh. And it wasn't supposed <laughs> oh. to do that. And I was like, oh. Well, shit, that ga- that really started the game off on the wrong foot for me. Uh, <laughs> I had the same thing where I was like, why can't I see anything? It's like really yeah. weird. And it made the platforming, which I think is like pretty rudimentary and basic, just like feel like shit. And like, you're, you're like, have, I found like I have like no uh, awareness of the enemies as I'm trying to fight them. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, but... Again, that was a bug. So, uh, which also, I don't know if you guys, I had a pretty buggy experience with this game. Uh, it felt like as the game progressed, it got buggier over time. Uh, like it would be like, oh, like there's just a little graphical glitch over there, and like by the end of the game, it was like, oh, the music just completely stopped playing. Okay, that's cool. Um, I think this scene was supposed to have a really cool '80s rock song in it, but it didn't. Whoops. Uh, yeah. But that's... I, was, I was talking to Darren, one of our uh, freelancers, about that. Um, and I, I don't know what you played on, John. Look, I played on PlayStation 5. He played it on Xbox, I think. I played on Xbox And my well. experience was far less buggy hmm. uh, than his was. So that's like, I don't want to say it like, oh, that's the indication. That's it. I'm pulling from two like data points for like yeah. my conclusion. But I Mighty. wonder if the PlayStation 5 version's a bit... More optimized yeah, my PS five, my PS five experience has been like clean. Like I've had no issues. Okay, with it. interesting. Yeah, which is uh, weird. Well, then maybe you don't get it on Xbox if you're planning on picking it up because that <laughs> version was really buggy in a way that was uh, annoying to me specifically because I do think the strong suit of the game is like the story and the presentation. So like when all these graphical glitches happened, it was like taking me out of it. Um, but to, they did but release did, a patch, so like uh, a pretty beefy patch as well. So okay, just check that cool. as well to make sure, see if there's anything in there that. Um, right. Uh, but but to not like hold that against the game because you know that stuff can be patched out and fixed. Uh, for me, it like I agree with you, Jordan. Where it's like I ended up really liking the characters, and I do think they are stronger than the MCU ones. It's the same I felt about uh, uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game, where I was like, this is the best version mm-hmm. of Spider-Man of any Spider-Man bar none, get all these other Spider-Mans out of here. I don't care. Uh, the, with the exception of maybe um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, <laughs> get all these other Spider-Mans out of here. Just get them out. Get them, get them out. out. Like, for real, though. Like, I I, like I, The story of that game was so good that I, it made all of the, like, Tom Holland Spider-Mans look like trash. I was like, these are garbage Spider-Man movies now, like, in comparison to how good mm, I feel that. this game is uh and maybe i don't feel quite as strongly about that about this one um but i do some spider-men are allowed to return now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i do really really like these versions of these characters uh quite a bit and i i do think like that is where as a game you get that advantage of like well you get to go around and like talk to them and like interact with them and you know uh, uh you get more development than you would in a movie the negative and this is something we kind of talked with tam is can also great sometimes specifically rocket Mm -hmm. like rocket is rocket's whole character is that he is just um like incredibly narcissistic and antagonistic towards peter like constantly Uh, peter and pretty much everyone to the point and it's it works in a movie in a 15 hour game where he's just 
always pissed off and always mad about something that's unreasonable, it really grates on you after a while. Uh, and I yeah, think everyone will have their different tolerance to it. But after a while, I was like, shut the fuck up, Rocket. I don't care. Yeah. I do not it's, care. It's really annoying because he's also like, he is that Rocket from the MCU. And less so in the comics, like they move past that in the comics pretty mm -hmm. quickly. But he's always like trying to undermine Peter in a way that in the movies, you see it in small doses and it feels like kind of combative in a riv rivalry way. In this, it's like, I would, this is like bordering on mutiny. I would throw you out of the airlock if I was in charge. <laughs> and it's really fucking annoying. And like, it does that thing where the same, you remember how you felt with Atreus in God of War, where there's that one section where he's like surly teenager for a while and he's just being annoying yes. as fuck. And he's being very childish. And you're like, you're the problem here. Like Rocket does that constantly. And it's really annoying. And for some reason, he keeps, we talked about this earlier, but he keeps us, he keeps asserting that the Milano is his ship and I hate it for some reason. I'm like, <laughs> why do you keep saying that? Like, it's not your ship. It's never been your ship. It's clearly. Oh, really? I kind of liked that part. I liked the bickering that they had with Peter. I, I like, I, I like the constant callback where Peter's like my ship and Rocket's like, no, it's my ship. And I'm like, oh, I, no. I, I, really I like did, jokes that kind of run like that throughout. Yeah. The game. There's something about it that I really dislike because it's like his, his, um, his, uh, what'd you call it? obviously point is like he takes care of it and he's you know the the uh yeah, the, the behind all the engineering mm -hmm. but like peter quill is accepted as the leader of the team like they all default even rocket defaults to him as the leader so it's like you can't accept that peter quill's the leader and then be like this is my ship because not it's not your ship shut up <laughs> like, <laughs> but like the first time is charming the second time is charming and then it gets when it kind of integrates into like, you treated the Milano poorly, it's like, all right, shut up, Usopp. Like, fucking, <laughs> this isn't a One Piece uh, fucking arc again. Like, sh and like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I really like uh, Rocket as a character, but like John Luke says, his, his attitude over 15 hours quickly becomes greeting. And it's especially the case when, like, up until that point, you, I took actions that were in Rocket's favor. Like, cause you can make these decision making moments where it's like Drax wants to do this thing, but it involves throwing Rocket around and mistreating him a bit. And I was like, no, don't do that to Rocket. And then he turns around and is like, fuck you. I'm the leader of this ship. This is my ship. You suck. And I'm like, I should have thrown your ass into that ravine earlier. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, I guess it is working in that, in that way, but I don't think it's intended that, as to be that. Um, but overall, yeah, I think I'm aligned with somehow I'm, I'm aligned with both Jordan and John Luke where to start with, I was like, this isn't hitting. And I'm, and I, I'm upset about the fact that it's not hitting. Um, and that is because it, it kind of leads with the combat because it has a lot of explaining to do, but the combat is actually quite rudimentary. And it's like um, the weakest part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks <laughs> the thing about it is like it looks more involved than it actually is it's it, i think the thing about it is it's like mechanically it has layers yeah but none of those layers are essential like you can you can ignore every bit of guidance it gives you and just spam attacks 100 <laughs> absolutely fine i, I had to and it's that an is, yeah 
it's an incredibly times, dumbed down version of Mass Effect Andromeda's combat system. Yeah, it's just very it's strange. Like, I'm not even directing where these people are going. I'm just saying, like, what attacks to use. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, it's like, you don't pay attention. I, I think I remember it being, like, it felt like playing Dragon Age 2, where it's like, at a certain point, where I was like, I just don't care about who's doing what. I'm just going to use everyone's <laughs> attacks at the same time, and, yeah. like, it usually will destroy um, an enemy or it will do like I'll wait one cooldown period for everyone and just do it again and then everyone's dead so it's like mm. and then like another point which uh, Jordan made in in kind of like his review which is excellent you should read it is um, it kind of positions Star-Lord as a kind of like uh, uh, a st strategic element in the combat where he can like guide everyone and and you know hover over the battlefield and tell people what to do but you, you never need to do that. There's no point. Did you just... ever use the hover ability after <laughs> unlocking it what? in the games? Like, use the hover ability to go up and direct the combat. It's, and I did it that one it, time. It's and I don't annoying think I to ever use because you have again. to click in on the stick. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, and that, yeah. it, that feels so cumbersome that you just never use yeah. Peter's abilities. I highly recommend you go into the settings and you set it so you just have to click instead of hold to activate Peter's abilities. Oh, that makes it way I okay. that. Uh, that's an option oh, in the okay. settings. Yeah, so... So for context, how it works is most of the Guardian's abilities are like uh, tied to a radial menu, which you like hold L1, I think, and it brings them up. And then you, uh, oh, the face buttons are tied to each of the members. And then you press that button. So let's say triangle for, I think it's Drax or something like that. Um, and it will then bring up four additional buttons that are mapped to the face buttons. And those are specific abilities. But for Peter, you have to like press down the left thumbstick to bring it up because the other buttons are taken up by the, the other members of the Guardians. And I I didn't even see that for a while, so I lo unlocked the abilities for him, and then just forgot about them immediately. And then I saw that in the corner, and I was like, "Oh, that, that's, that's where the abilities are." And then I started using them, and I was like, uh, "I don't really need them, but like, okay, yeah, I don't. guess that's nice." Yeah, I I, I, yeah. Mean, I felt the same way, where it's like, because I, I had to like make a combat guide for for Gamespot, and so literally halfway through the game, I was like. I should probably learn how this combat actually works because it was a thing where it was like, oh, I've been getting mm -hmm. away with just hitting <laughs> random buttons and being fine. Yeah. And then when I actually figured out how the combat worked, I was like, oh, there is depth here. There is all these like systems and terms. You was like stagger and elemental shots and all this stuff. And it does actually work. But like you said, you never need to do it because I just don't think the combat encounters yeah. themselves demand it and then when i did learn how the combat actually worked and started to use those combos it became so easy like ridiculously easy like i i put the game up too mm. hard uh to try and like show like oh the game's harder now and like this is tricky and i'm like oh i'll capture me dying i went through an entire chapter without dying trying to intentionally like i wasn't trying to like die on purpose i was like i'll just die naturally because i put the game on the hardest difficulty I was able to get through the entire chapter without dying until the very end because it yeah. just was like, oh, it, I yeah, know exactly, never... I know the exact buttons to hit to win now because I figured out the combat. Yeah, it, <laughs> it never puts you in a position where you need to think hard. It is the combat is literally the embodiment of that Indiana Jones scene where the guy is doing the knife tricks and then Indy just shoots him. <laughs> Like there's, like you can take the long way or you can take the short way, and the short way is the easiest way, and you get to just walk away from the combat. Having and the other mechanic for combat before I move on to the other part of that, um, is the huddle, which is a kind of weird. So 
Another layer is you have these like cinematic finisher attacks, which once you do a certain amount of damage or stun or whatever, like you can press up two buttons and the guardians will team up to do a quick flourish. That is like, I like that. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Like mm -hmm. you, you'll do a punch and then like Drax will do a drop kick and, and then that's it. Or like uh, Gamora will do a sword swipe uh, or Rocket will drop a grenade group or something. That's cool. I like that. It doesn't break up the flow of combat too much. And it's a kind of like a moment for you to pause and watch something cool happen. The other part of it is like you build up enough energy and you can do a huddle, which is like you press a button and the action comes to a stop. It goes into first person where you can see uh, um, uh, Star-Lord pull out his Walkman and turn some music on. They all gather around you. So you're like staring at them face to face as if it's like a Mass Effect conversation. And they're all like, damn, this sucks. Why is no one letting me kill everyone? And then Gamora's like, stay out of my way. And then Rocket's like, this is my ship. And then Groot's like, I am Groot. <laughs> and, and then you're like, dude, come on, let's, let's work together. And depending on your choices, like you either go back in there with like healed health or buff damage or like some small, it's entirely pointless. Like it's it's so I, superfluous and unnecessary. The, the thing I do like, love it, about that though, is that um, I don't know if you noticed, but the speech that Peter gives uh, is in like loosely yeah. tied to the, the licensed song that plays after yeah it's yeah. really mm -hmm. funny yeah it's it seems like they came up with a cool idea and it was like it seems like this they came up with this idea the day that they got confirmation that they were gonna make the guardians game and they were like what if we did this thing where everyone huddles around you and it's really cool and we can have like the licensed music in the background and the the things that they're saying will appear in text behind them and everyone went yeah that would be so cool and then it not like it just no one went, this is kind of breaking the flow of the combat and it's kind of awkward. Also, it's really because, easy like, to accidentally press it. Accidentally I did it do all it, the time. yeah. And the, th mm -hmm. the thing <laughs> about it is like, the combat is easy enough where you're absolutely whooping ass. And then like, you're like, why would I need, I don't need to motivate them. They're just destroying yeah. everyone. Like I have no, like, I, there's, if it was like constantly like, oh my God, I'm on the edge of my like health bar, I'm about to die here and I use it and it like brings everyone up. That would be great. But I've never been below <laughs> half health in this yeah, entire game. Agree. So why would I ever I, I do, do that? appreciate yeah. that they at least like wrote dialogue for when you're winning and you get in. So it's like, they're all just like really yeah. like, yeah, we're kicking ass. This is amazing. And Peter's like, hey guys, just yeah, like, yeah. why are you pulling us like, off don't the get field? Cocky. You just gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta stay loose and you know, so, don't worry about it. And then like, don't worry, be happy plays. And you're like, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I will say like the one thing that I really like about it that I hope in some way can be evolved upon by some RPG maker somewhere is the idea that for so long choice driven RPGs have been like, look, there's the combat sections and then there's the dialogue choice making sections and those never like mm. intertwine in any conceivable way. Mm. And this one doesn't quite do it because like Tam said, like basically combat stops, even like you're in the middle of about to die for some reason it's like oh all the enemies take a break to let you have the chance to do a pep talk but if there was <laughs> I like love, some i would love to see the camera pull out while that's happening that was <laughs> like, i i would love if there was like some conceivable way for someone who's making like an action rpg to make it where you're occasionally having to respond to conversations in the midst of combat mm. like not all the time but like like, just using Mass Effect as, like, an example, because, like, that's, like, the go-to thing. Like, Jack and Miranda, like, hate each other a lot in Mass Effect 2. 
-hmm. and they have like that huge confrontation in Mass Effect 2 that everyone has, but like just going through it, I'm like, there would have been moments like during fights where like Jack would have gotten Miranda's way and Miranda would have gotten in Jack's way and they would have started bickering and Shepard would have had to have like heralded them back like, hey, like this is not the ideal time to do that. And maybe you would have even had to have done like a renegade thing to like snap them back and like refocus them. And so I like the idea that Guardians is presenting here and I hope someone takes them like, oh, let's try to take the like choice consequence driven like dialogue thing and find a way to put it in combat without interrupting combat the way that uh, it is like there. I don't know how you do it someone smarter than me has to figure it out but the idea of like you're in the middle of a fight and maybe like one or two people are arguing and that's causing you to lose because they're not focusing and you need to say something like in that moment like a little dialogue prompt comes up and it's like you have this choice this choice or this choice and you have to say the right thing to like refocus the squad in the mm. midst of the fight and i'm like i like yeah, this idea on. it's just not I had I had this exact on. same thought. I had this exact same thought, and I thought about it long enough to convince myself that it's going to be in the next. Effect. Like I was like, God, that'd be so cool. They have to be that'd, doing. That'd be really cool, yeah. But like, yeah. So long and short story, combat not great. However, what I will say, I really, really enjoyed and am enjoying because I'm not finished yet. Is the characters? Yeah, and. I'd say the character more than the story because the story takes a long time to get going. It feels like a like a a boring family vlog day for for the Guardians <laughs> up until a certain point. Um, what what like they're, they're basically yeah they're basically like we got they're basically going to the fucking going to pay a bill like for for like five hours and it's like oh my god come on but then like when the proper like uh uh pieces galaxy saving part yeah and then the galaxy saving (laughs) part comes in it starts to like pick up some steam i will say the characters i enjoy way more the relationships and the between them i think it really kicks off when you meet nikki and without spoiling what what is going on there like i don't want to say what is happening but Mm -hmm. like uh you meet up with the nova core and like that's where it starts to pop off and i feel like from that point on you're like up until that point i was like yep this is certainly got the guardians of the galaxy in it and then stuff happens on that first introduction of nikki and you're like oh i yes. see oh interesting Completely agree. and then you're like okay now, <laughs> now it's like literally i had a sit-up moment where i was like slouching and i was like oh i see and i like, sat up in my i was like i need to pay attention there's some shit going down here <laughs> and um from that point on it i feel like it's way better in terms of having that context and that be like the seed they plant and then it carrying on they kind of all so far anyway they keep alluding to it and I really like it. And that's when stuff like the flashbacks to Peter's like uh, younger days with his in his home are, is like way more effective because it also feels like set up for another story beat. And then from that point on, it kind of also blows like blows the world uh, out a bit further and explores the weirder side of the spe- the cosmic part of the Marvel universe. It's got one of my favorite characters of, from Marvel, Cosmo, in there. Like, I love Cosmo. Cosmo. Cosmo is a Russian dog that is, like, also one of the most powerful characters in, in space Marvel space canon. And, um, like, they characterize Cosmo really well. Um where like one of my favorite touches is he Cosmo doesn't call them the guardians of the galaxy he calls him the guardian of the galaxies which is just like a slight error on his part but it sounds like it's way better like it's really good and every now and then like and he's like the security chief of of an area 
and like he goes from between like this very stern um character who's got history with peter quill and is like deadly serious about security to like suddenly just being a dog and chasing a ball <laughs> and and like <laughs> so he'll be like go from pissed off at rocket to be like suddenly he's got a squishy ball in his mouth and wants to play fetch and it's like and he's also a like astronaut um and, yeah. and like such so a great wholesome. character yeah it's like so wholesome and like cosmo is currently like my mvp of that game i'm like just just give me a whole cosmo <laughs> game because it's incredible but you also meet like lady uh hellbender and there's some really nice setup for like context because drax is by that point has killed thanos which isn't a which isn't a spoiler it's like something they mentioned like early yeah. in the in the why is the destroyer yeah he, they call him the destroyer because he is that and it's interesting because you'd think he'd be on top of the world, especially if you the only context you you have is the MCU movies where he's that was his ultimate goal and you know he's never kind of achieved that, but here he's kind of on a come down after becoming that the destroyer and it's interesting there. Um Gamora's in a similar space where she's like betrayed um uh Thanos and Nebula and mm. is kind of like finding her own way and there's different different things happening um in 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 characterization and context wise they're all really really interesting so i have like currently where i'm at i quite like the game um i wouldn't say i enjoy playing the game i but i do like being in that world i think the acting is really good i think like the the facial capture is extremely mm -hmm. good like yeah I don't it's surprisingly understand, like, really how, good i was like the fuck this is like unnecessarily good like what is and it? then you remember who the developers are and you're like oh right yeah, they make yeah, like makes life sense. sim games so of course like the motion captures really yeah good. exactly and like the, <laughs> to the point where like you can see that the lip syncing is very good and then like the subtle like micro expressions in faces that really help sell emotional moments you're like wow that's really good which makes a lot of sense because you need like you need to be able to do like rocket slightly bearing his teeth and you know Gamora frowning in a very specific way, or like you need Drax's uh, like expressions to sell a comedic delivery on a line, um, and and it does it really really well. So I'm at the stage now where I'm like, this is a this is a good game. This is a good game. I wish the combat was a bit better. I wish, yeah, it's a good movie. I wish that they had <laughs> put a little more thought into uh, into the hard mode because that feels like a a good um, kind of solution where it's like on this mode we've got. We need to, you know, make sure there's no barriers for people who know and love the Guardians of the Galaxy because of MCU. But if you want, like, if you're if you're a gamer and you need to be challenged and you need to think about your combat, go to this mode. But instead, as Jordan points out, it's basically like more health, more damage scenario instead of like mm -hmm. enemies have new abilities and or moves or they're like you have to be a little more uh, strategic. It's just like whatever. Mm. But yeah, in the dichotomy of recent Marvel games, this for me like. So it's probably just under, maybe just with uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, but it's like definitely under the original Marvel Spider-Man, and it's like yeah. way oh, above oh, Marvel's yeah. Avengers. Oh, easily. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Significant. Right. Like, this is the game I was waiting for that to be brought up. That game was. Like, the whole time I was playing it, I was I, like, I, man. Man, Marvel's as Avengers could have been like, this. As the re <laughs> as the resident apologist for Marvel's mm -hmm. Avengers, um, I will say 
it does have the the same kind of energy as the Marvel's Avengers single player. Yes. Which is like that kind of a good story, a good wholesome story, which the characters are really driving it and it's a contained good experience. So I think they're comparable or, or, on that level. I would even say like, obviously I have a personal connection to Kamala, but like I, I enjoy the single player on that perhaps a bit more. Um, mm. But still, like I feel like they're on par. When you introduce the the games as a service stuff less so um but i that's the kind of energy we're coming at it from like uh if you want kind that's of like fair. comparison point but yeah i think that's a that was a thorough exploration of a thorough uh, explanation of, of guardians of the galaxy yeah Jordan, <laughs> maybe else you want to talk about try yeah it. yeah you should definitely check it out it's 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 a good time i think i think like if you paid full price for it most people if you have an interest in the guardians most people walk away thinking yeah that was worth it um yeah Okay, I'm gonna like quickly, quickly go through uh, two of these, and because I share two other games with people, so we can do somewhat conversations with them. But I, obviously, playing more Apex uh, season eleven is going to start on November second, so I'm just getting back into the swing of things and just playing that game again, making sure I'm not rusty when that kicks off. Always playing Apex. Love Apex. <laughs> Hasn't really changed, except that they've patched some of the bugs that they had at the end of the season, so that's good. Um, been playing Disciples Liberation, which is just a CRPG that... Um, CRPG franchise that existed like 10, 15 years ago, the Disciples series. It took a really, really long hiatus, and they came back with this fourth game niche audience it's more about like building armies than like creating a squad but in this one they tried to do a little bit of both and it's pretty good i'm enjoying it so far it's probably like in a very very low portion of my top 10 you're playing as a woman who discovers uh this like magical city and this connection to this dark power you think oh i can use this to like save myself and my childhood friends because we're all really poor and we can build an army and protect each other and along the way you kind of stumble into like a world ending prophecy and standard like rpg affair there's xbox and playstation uh versions of it and it runs surprisingly well on consoles so if you're just like in the mood for like a divinity original sin 2 80 hour rpg i would highly recommend it um but i don't think it does anything like outstandingly different from what uh has come before and then the other things i've been playing i've been playing uh inscription mm. which is kind of like a game that's been going around the uh twitter sphere a bit um probably to the chagrin of most people i I don't want to like talk about it in a way that spoils it because I know a lot of people probably want to experience it for the first hand. I am not a huge fan of Inscription. Oh. Um, I'm currently on the second part of the game and the second part is, in my opinion, much weaker than the first part. Um, but I adored the first part and... Uh, just based on conversations with other people, I know that there are three parts to this game, so I'm hoping the third part 
brings me back in, and I think that's the least spoiler okay. way that that's interesting because I'm still on the, the first part, <laughs> so I don't have that comparison for like how it changes. But I, I absolutely am in love with the first part. It's so good. It's so first good. So and, like, good. To try and give, yeah, it's like I, yeah, you're right. Like I want to talk about it, but I also don't want to say anything about it but i feel like i should because a lot of people are probably like what even is this game um it's it's a card game it's it's a like the basic thing is just like oh it's a a video game card game in the vein of like that has become a genre that has exploded and uh maybe over been oversaturated uh which is to say i'm not a particularly a huge fan of um video game card games uh they uh at least like in a traditional sense, like I, I'm not that into building decks really like having to micromanage cards and like figure them out in a way that, um, it, it just kind of overwhelms me and I'm like, ah, I'm just, this isn't really what I care about. Uh, th- this game I think does a brilliant job of, uh, it, it's like, it's, it's the card game for people who don't like video game card games. Cause I don't like them. My girlfriend doesn't like them. We were both like, this game rules because I think it just does such a smart job of very slowly introducing elements of the cards to you in a way that isn't uh, overwhelming or annoying. It's very digestible. It also uh, will frequently kind of uh, bend its rules or introduce a new rule to you that kind of helps you in your favor. So it feels like that you're never getting stuck in the game in a way uh, that I find with some card games where you're like, oh, this just sucks or I don't have the right deck. That can still happen in this game, but like even like when you start over, you get like a new card that is stupidly overpowered usually uh, that is like, okay, this is here to like help you progress forward. I'm trying to be so vague about this. Uh, but yeah. like, I find, I find the actual act of like playing the cards to be very satisfying in a way that uh, for me normally uh, does not click. So I would say if you're somebody who is hesitant about card games and and are like ah oh, nah I don't think I'll play this I don't really like card games I I would recommend giving this a chance. I would also like add that like just so people know like if you know there are things in spookier games that trigger you like look at the trigger warnings for this game before diving in if you just dive into this straight without looking at the trigger warnings you might you might encounter content that's not great just that that was what i was gonna (laughs) ask about like yeah i was was gonna say how how do you feel about it Um, you like card games yeah i kind of like card games i mess with them a little bit um uh, i've gotten into like games like Gwent and uh, Hearthstone even for a little bit. And I've tried some mm-hmm. other like little deck building games here and there. Um, so I'm open to them. It's just for some reason when I, when I see inscription places, I'm just like, is that a scary game? Should I <laughs> be trying this at all? Um, and me, you know, Devante and Horror, let's put this on the Tinder profile as well. Devante and Horror don't <laughs> mix. <laughs> okay. So okay. That's, why I was, that's why I was trying to like feel it out a little bit interesting yeah i i think for me like i'm not that 
I'm not super far in, so for me, it doesn't feel like horror. It feels like a spooky escape room yes. currently. Um, mm-hmm. But I can, I can, I imagine it will get. The thing I like about um, Inscription, and I think it does better than every every other card based game, is it kind of it teaches you how to play the game in a way that's more engaging than any other card game. Where every other card game tutorial feels like it is like breaking the world, where it's like explaining shit to you in a in a very mechanical and like instruction manual way it's like you need to pick up two cards and then mm-hmm. flip this shit and then this will happen whereas in this like you have a it's almost in world where this character is showing you how to play the game but it's like teaching you about the world itself and it's like uh, letting you absorb the, the kind of vibe of the game through teaching you that it'll be like you know this figure is which like for, currently reminds me of the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt, like is kind of like um, berating you and showing you how what to do, and is kind of has this antagonistic relationship where it feels like it's trying to train you up to be a viable opponent for them, um, and that's what I like about it. So it doesn't feel like you're playing a card game a lot of the time, at least in the first few hours. It feels like you're just in this world and it's kind of like a saw slash escape room vibe where you just wake up and you're like what the hell is going on and like this jigsaw like figure is in front of you talking about let's play a game or whatever it is and then suddenly you've got the ability to walk around this room and you're like oh shit it's like puzzles in this room and items and stuff like that and you start piecing things together um and i think that's the real strength for me right i think it's one of those games where if 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 you're okay with like spooky slash horror slash you know uh, kind of unsettling vibes and you're into the idea of a card game those boxes ticked i think this is one of the games that makes the strongest first impression mm. of a game in a long long time like because i'm into all that stuff card games probably bar model list i don't super like them but i will play them but like the moment I put this on, like ten seconds in, I was like, "Oh, I am very into this. This is like good. I like, I like the, how this is feeling and how this is presented." So yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that it's got going for it. I'm interested to see because uh, John Luke and Jordan have mentioned this kind of like half halfway point or like there's a second half to the game, which I'm interested in seeing and how that hits. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. It's yeah. I please both of you oh, like yeah. keep playing this game because I desperately want to get your feedback on the it, thing i mean it's, it's <laughs> made by the guy who made pony island so i expect it to go places uh yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know how to talk about it without spoiling it so i'm just gonna wait until yeah. you two get to that point <laughs> uh yeah let's uh anything else jordan uh, I, I've been playing uh, Moon Glow Bay, and by playing, I mean like I played for like forty-five minutes an hour uh, last uh, night. And um, so I, I, I don't know how you feel about Devonta, because see that you've played it too. Like mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cute. It's pretty wholesome. It's like oh, did you like the fishing aspect of Animal Crossing? And you kind of like just want to do that aspect of the game in a story like that's tied to grief and handling grief and moving on in a very wholesome cutesy setting i was not expecting so it hasn't like been super hitting it for me um but like it, it has some great ideas i think so yeah, my time with it, it 
consisted of I, I played around the same amount as well like 45 minutes to an hour um but unfortunately a chunk of that time was just kind of trying to figure out um what was wrong with the version i was playing oh no um, <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> jordan what, what were you playing on i was playing on xbox i just used Game which Pass. which xbox <laughs> uh series x Exactly. That might be the reason. I'm playing on just an old Xbox One S, I believe it is. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And the frame rate and the way the like, I kind of thought it was on purpose. It, it just really has this like jaggedy feel to it that was kind of like weird to look at. Um, so I was like, all right, that's, maybe that's just what they were going for. A Lego movie kind of vibe mm-hmm. since it's all voxel and stuff. Um, but then I saw someone playing it on like YouTube or Twitch and I was like, that looks smooth. What's happening here? (laughs) So I downloaded it on PC and plays way better on PC. So I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to stay. And I tried to open my map and it refused to open no matter what button I press. I went back to keyboard and I was like. What's going on? Went back to Xbox, still won't open. So that save file, something happened oh. with it. Oh no! So oh, I was no. just. So I started a new save file, and that kind of fixed a lot of my issues. But I'm just like, I'll come back to you. Uh, what I played of it, though, <laughs> you're totally right. It is just like kind of you know dealing with that grief um, that your character goes through. Um, I like that it. it you know, it slaps you with that inclusion right away as you're like making your character. Um, so for some context, you get like a choice of four characters. Uh, you pick one, you choose their pronouns and their name. And then one of the other three is going to be your partner uh, once you mm-hmm. start the game. Um, but I, I like the fishing mechanics, the music and, and stuff like that. So far, it seems pretty cute uh, I, going into it. I don't know how long I would play it since it is just kind of like fishing but there there is i think i read like over a hundred species of fish in there so you you got a lot to do um in terms of catching stuff it's Mm. like the ideal i think game pass game where this is a game i think that if i had like seen it on the xbox store and it would have been like i don't know 20 40 dollars whatever and i would have seen and been like ah, this is kind of like going for vibes that I usually go for in games. And uh, Lena Rain, the composer for uh, Chicory and Celeste, uh, they're the ones who do the music uh, for Moonglow. So I'm like, oh, I really like their music. So maybe um, I'll check it out. But like with Game Pass, it was like an immediate day one download. I'm trying it. I'm playing it. And at the minimum, I'm going to probably give it like a good three-ish hours before coming on a verdict of like i like this game and want to keep playing or i don't like this game and i'm going to stop which i think is going to do wonders for it i'm i'm not convinced with how like jam-packed the latter half of october and first half of november are in terms of releases that this game would have like done reasonably well without this little game pass uh boost um but yeah I'll probably have a bit more to talk about it on a later podcast, assuming I keep playing it. Hmm. I'm playing way too many games right now. There are too many games right now. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> okay. um, Devante, uh, you've been playing Echo Generation. Tell us a bit mm-hmm. about that. 
So Echo Generation, um, also another like voxel style game. Um, it's just taking over Game Pass right now. Uh, <laughs> it is a turn-based RPG with, you know, like a lot of that like 80s kids investigating supernatural stuff around that town. But also they're really into making short films about aliens and stuff because, you know, mm. that's just what they do in, in all of those stories. <laughs> that was the time. That, that, that was the time. Right? They all wanted to be Spielberg. Um, but so far, my time with it, I played a little more of it, um, of this than I did of Moonglow because this one didn't give me as, a, as many problems. Um, it's, it's odd. Um, maybe it's cause I, I did, <laughs> I didn't really like watch or, or look at anything before going into it. Um, you know, you kind of start off the game, you, you come downstairs, your mom tells you, Hey, take your little sister out of the house. I don't care what you guys do. Just get her out of the house and away from me. <laughs> Solid parenting. <laughs> and her, your first conversation with her kind of sets you off on these, like, um, what I guess I'm going to call, like, trading puzzles. Um, because she's like, fine, I'll hang out with you, but you got to bring me a traffic cone. And that's kind of what a lot of the game is. It's kind of like, hey, I need that thing. And they're like, okay. I'll give you that screwdriver if you find me some wires. I'll give you that sandwich if you find me a toy truck. Like it's it's things like that. Um, and I was and I was like, that's fine. But then immediately you go outside and it doesn't introduce you to the combat or anything. I was kind of expecting to kind of be gracefully brought into the combat. So I went outside looking for a traffic cone and you bump into a raccoon that's in a garbage can and this raccoon talks you can understand the raccoon and it kicked my ass Excellent. right away <laughs> which i wasn't expecting <laughs> overall though i have i'm like kind of enjoying it but at the same time i wish some things were different whereas i kind of wish the enemies dropped um, health or, or something, or you could uh -huh. find more around the world because say you're fighting someone and then you die, you come back with like a portion of your health, um, like fairly like in, in a, in a respawn spot, but to get all of that health back, especially at the point where I'm at, where I've kind of used all of my snacks, so I can't just eat one to get my health all the way back up. You have to run all the way back to your character's house go inside, go all the way back into his room, go to sleep, and then come back out, run all the way back to that fight encounter. Okay, that sounds it's, annoying. Yeah, it's that, that portion of it is getting a little uh, annoying to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I like, I want to check it out, but it seems like, I think Game Pass- Also on Game Pass. Yeah, it's, yeah. Game Pass is also in a danger of like, I love Game Pass, but I'm also like yeah, oversaturation of things. <laughs> if you get what I mean, I would love it if they kind of. We've talked about this before, like better discovery, better spotlighting, better kind of like, because a live arcade back in the day. Remember when they had like, uh, we're we're dropping games on a more like um, uh, considered pace. Wasn't where it, yeah, wasn't like them. a new game every yeah, Wednesday something like that. or yeah, something yeah. like that. Whereas like would... you just knew, oh, I could turn on my Xbox 360 every Wednesday and there would be a new indie game like on yeah. live arcade that I could check out. Yeah. yeah, and now it's just like a bunch of them show up and then they quickly vanish into the like this the kind of like ocean I, of them that is they there could use right better, now. I wish they were a little yeah, better. Yeah, better about curation it. too. Like they could really, um, I think I like, pull from like Netflix and like I need like 
hey, if you like this kind of game, you should play this. Or like, can I start by co-op or, you know. They they have a bit of that, but I don't know. Like, it feels very hit and miss. And the thing that I I would really like about it is like sell the games better within Game Pass Mm. or, or not and sell them mark market them a better because like i look at something like echo generation and i struggle to even think about what like how, how is it different from this next one that is right next to it like unsighted yeah. or you know there's obviously big differences but like i wish they had a bit better about we're a bit better about hey this is really cool this is the one everyone's talking about this is why it's a thing um and because their like release schedule on game pass not game pass uh like our live arcade back in the day it was like Everyone knew what was coming. They had like an idea of what it was and whether it was cool, and they'd all collectively check it out together. Now it's just like it's like a pick and mix where you can like dip in and out. But <laughs> here's a dump yeah. of seven new games. They, yeah. need, a, they yeah. need like a page yeah. that like really sells you on the game, like a spotlight thing where it's like, hey, here's the game, here's like the trailer, yeah. like really like trying to yeah again just like give it its due and be like, hey, yeah. this is the game we all really yep. recommend you play this week. Yeah, Apple kind of does it with their arcade stuff. Like, they do a decent job of it where they have clearly people are like writing about the game and like, hey, this is why this thing is cool. And generally, it's not like, here's this game we're going to shill for money. Um, it's usually like, oh, there's this little hidden gem over here that we think is cool. And it feels like they've got actual editors working on curating stuff, finding games that they think are mm-hmm. cool, and then talking about them. I'd love it if they like the editorial team over at Xbox did a similar thing. And where it was like, hey, we think this game is, I mean, they keep hiring people from the games, you know, writing world. So put them to use on, you know, some of that that issue. Use them to like, let some folks be like, this game is cool. I'm going to write a little piece about it and we'll put it up and maybe people will be convinced into playing it. It's a problem they're going to just keep running into, especially when like 2023, 2024, 2025 and like all those studios that uh, Xbox bought, they start putting their games on Game Pass and it's like, well, how does Moonglow saddle up to Halo and Gears 6 and Avowed right. and all these other first-party Xbox titles that will yeah. also be on Game Pass Good point. day one? Yeah. If only there was some sort of Game Pass show that someone could <laughs> watch only. to, to, to uh, see... Uh, what is up there and if you're if you're missing the joke there we have a game pass show in which we do exactly <laughs> that so keep an eye out, keep an eye out for that you can you can watch those uh yeah anyways uh yeah, Devante, on the xbox store Devante, is there anything else that you've been checking out that you want to talk about uh nothing else really just uh far cry 6 like okay. I've been, i was away from my consoles for a while and after it came out so i'm finally nice. just trying to dive back into that did the email bring you back, or have you just been uh, playing? <laughs> no, I don't think I've gotten an email. Um, I should check, but no, yeah, I just jumped back in myself just to kind of. <laughs> that is such a. a feel I think. I think if it was literally any other game from any other company, I think most people would be like, "That's pretty cool. That's kind of." That's kind of interesting. Like, if it was a message from, I don't know, Mr. X in Resident <laughs> Evil 2 Remake, you'd be like, that's pretty yeah. funny. Where are you going? Yeah, but because it's because it's Far Cry and Ubisoft, you know that there's, like, a corporate person who is behind that to be like, we need engagement to be higher in this game. And you're like, I can see the, mecha- I can see the, the manipulative mechanism behind this instead of the creative kind of, like, thinking that went into it. I think that makes it a little worse. Yeah, for me. It's, it's, and um, it's like apparently Ubisoft has done that 
for years now like uh, yeah. people kind of pointed I've, out i've noticed it with assassin's creed actually but i think yeah <laughs> i would I, I, I would love don't. it imagine getting a fucking you know playing mario kart and then later on two, two weeks later getting an email from wario holding a blue shell going like where you at, you like, little bitch uh like that would be like <laughs> <a bit> <laughs> emailing you being like we gotta save the planet yeah. what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh shit, you're right, Barrett. I gotta get back in there. <laughs> Sad Yuffie, just like you haven't played with me. <laughs> no, no. <Where> are you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Jean-Luc, uh, we talked about Guardian. Mm -hmm. We talked about Inscription. You, you've what else you got cooking? Uh, I have been checking out the Darkest Dungeon Two. How dark is it? Oh, it's so dark. Oh, uh, the second darkest. It, I, it, although I'm not actually in a dungeon in this one, uh, you so wow, false advertising. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> I, I, I actually haven't been um, paying too much attention to this game outside of like them saying like we're making a darkest dungeon too because I was like perfect, cool. I don't need to know anything else. Just tell me when the game's out. And then everyone was like, hey, the game's out t today, and I was like, awesome. Let me go play it. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot different than I expected, uh, which is kind of what the developers have said, is they didn't want to just do a repeat of the first game. So for those who didn't play the first game, basically the rhythm of that game was you had this town, which was kind of your base, and you would collect these mercenaries that you would use to build up a party. You would throw them at these like different dungeons, um, all, all for the goal to get to the darkest dungeon and it was essentially just this depressing grind fest where you are just throwing these bodies at this problem and the game was kind of very much designed in a way where uh like letting people die is kind of the point and sort of like the way to beat the game because like it's like don't care about these characters don't get invested because they don't will... name them <laughs> don't mm. name them yeah yeah you can name them and you like after a while you give up on that because you're like nah it's like your body number this is adam the third <laughs> yes yeah. your body number 75 is, and you're gonna go die much, immediately it is very much like making friends as an adult where you're like yeah, we we met, but we're probably not going to know each other a week from now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this game so far is very different, where instead the premise is you are on basically like the the evil that kind of stemmed from the, the cursed mansion in the first game has just infected the entire planet and everything is just completely fucked. And you are uh, traveling in this uh, like carriage and you're trying to get to this mountain and the mountain is like the new like dungeon where everything is like the evil is stemming from and your goal is to try and get there and so you have a group of adventurers and you're actually supposed to kind of keep them going throughout most of the game if you can which is very different hmm. so like you you it's like uh the setup is actually like in 3d where it's like a 3d carriage and you're going through this uh different environments like you'll go through like a forest or you'll go through a uh like a like a ruined city and uh you basically will like have uh split paths where you decide like okay if i go this way there will be um a like a hospital i can get to if i go this way there'll be potentially like a treasure chest and and so like that is the dungeoneering part and instead you just in between each dungeon section which is very long they they're like a good 45 minutes to an hour i want to say longest um, dungeon the longest dungeon um, <laughs> you'll end up at an inn 
and then the in is like the moment where you like reprieve yourself for a second and then you get back in it and you keep going so it, it's got a very different rhythm than the first game um i'm still pretty early where i'm not sure how i feel about that rhythm but i do like that they're trying to give more weight to the characters you are um in your party so they put a lot of stock they have all the thing that the first game has where you'll have characters who have like different traits and attributes it's like oh you know they um this person kind of like went insane because their like sanity meter fell too low and now they've developed this negative trait or sometimes they'll develop a positive trait out of it uh now they have actual relationships between the characters so uh you'll do things like hey i had my my healer heal my um my like crusader my tank and they're like hey thanks for healing me and they'll they'll get like a boost to their uh relationship and then how very fire emblem <laughs> and as that develops over time you will uh get like boosts where they'll they'll just like say things to each other like hey man like you're great and like this and i had the, the these two characters who were flirting with each other on the battlefield which is weird they kept being like oh like you're t- you're too cute to die like i'm gonna help you out How and like, very fire and I was emblem. like okay <laughs> uh but then unlike fire emblem it can go the other way where they can just absolutely hate each other and unfortunately it kind of just very quickly devolved into uh all of my party members absolutely hating and not trusting each other uh like every time <laughs> i would kill an enemy my crusader would just be like really mad because he'd be like you took my glory i was supposed to get that kill and i was like dude i gotta you just i need they need to fight like i don't know what you want and then it got to the to point glory where he was so mistrustworthy of my healer that i couldn't heal him i'd be like dude i need to heal you and he'd be like don't give me that i don't trust you i don't know what's in there and i'd be like oh wow. my god <laughs> so it's it's got that that same thing in the first game where it's just like these odds are just stacking against you. And at a certain point, the characters are like refusing to do the obvious thing you need to do to get through this. And you're like this, Oh my gosh, this is going so badly. It's, I mean, if you didn't like how frustrating and, and, and oppressive the first game is like, let me tell you, this game is not for you. It is still that is even more (laughs) oppressive in many ways. Uh, but I and and it's still early access, so like the developers have been very upfront about like, hey, a lot of this is uh, might not even be balanced correctly because I definitely felt like the uh, it was swinging way too hard to all my party members being really antagonistic towards each other, um, and I couldn't fix it either. Like I got back to the end and I was like, okay, I can finally solve this, and I just didn't have any items that. Because you can like give them things like, hey, you should all play cards to like get to know each other better. And I just didn't have any items that repaired any relationships. So I'm going into the next, the next run, the next area with all of them absolutely hating each other. And I'm like, they're all going to die. This just isn't going to go well at all. Uh, the one thing that is interesting is even if you lose, there is now a profile rank system where as you lose you unlock new uh like items and abilities and characters that then get added to the run uh over time Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there is a seems to be they're trying to incorporate some level of okay like we don't want this to feel 
completely all for nothing. Like the game does say like, hey, even if the run is going bad and you know you're going to lose, it is worth going as far as you can because you'll get more points that will then go into your profile system. Uh, but I haven't seen enough of that to tell how meaningful that is or how much like that actually <laughs> benefits you because it's still just so so hard and, and it can be so demoralizing when you're like i i i built this perfect run and then just it only takes one fight for everything to go so yeah. horribly wrong i mean the first time i played it i i got through like the basic tutorial and i was like all right first first area let's go let's do this i've played darkest dungeon i'm a seasoned player <laughs> I died on the second fight. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this game is going to kick my ass. And then my second run, I did significantly better, but I was like, oh boy. So um, yeah, like uh, a really cool game. I like that they're trying something different. I, I, the, I don't know if the balance is quite there yet on some of that stuff, but like I said, it's early access. So just kind of know that going in, if you do decide to try it, that like it's not maybe it might kick your ass a little a little too much uh, for now. Game sounds perfect for what Jordan was mentioning earlier. Like if you could just kind of stop their fighting while you're fighting and just be like, hey guys, it's yeah. 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 time. <laughs> just need that system. Everyone, everyone, please, like, can we just <laughs> can we get kill? through this? <laughs> yeah. That we will sounds... discuss your issues at the next rest stop. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like an interesting evolution of the previous game while also being as brutal as the previous game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you got cooking? Uh... I've been playing N64 games, but not in the way you think, because mm. uh, I did not get the <laughs> Switch N64, because I <laughs> I thought about it. You're not a sucker. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm curious about those, and I'm also going to get the Animal Crossing thing. And then I saw, I saw everyone talk about it, and I was like, nah, I'll just buy the Animal Crossing expansion on my own. That's probably mm. a better deal. Um, yep. But funny enough, uh, like on Sunday, right before all that stuff with the Switch and uh, 64 games came out, um, I got back in the mail my modded N64, which I modded with uh, HDMI. So uh, y'all suckers have been playing uh, busted versions of Ocarina of Time, and I'm, I'm out here playing Wave Race on my 4K TV. <laughs> Uh, having a great time uh there's, there's something like i get the same vibe from like learning old consoles have been outfitted with hdmi like an n64 or a dreamcast as i get from like learning about body horror which is i'm like there's something like deeply right. unsettling like it's not right like it is it's like should it work it's like giving like your grandparents like a a uh, i don't know like a mechanical uh limb or giving them like some sort of like cybernetic implant you're like no don't, don't didn't ask yeah. for this yeah don't do that to your granddad leave it alone like it's but it's I wild it. because uh for those who don't know, like who didn't have an N64, that system has this, like, in order to try and like make it look more appealing because of like how uh, awful the aliasing looks and and how like kind of shit the graphics look. Uh, Nintendo was like, we're just gonna like smear some Vaseline over the entire system, uh, so it has like this blur to it uh, that is very much like a part of that game system uh, or part of that game's like aesthetic at this point because it's built into the system. You there's no way to turn it off 
uh, even if you were to get like cleaner cables, like if you were to get an HDMI and plug it in, it's still like, well, it still looks blurry because the system just has that blur built in. Uh, the mod I got lets you turn that blur off, which does give you this like weirdly unnatural, like you weren't supposed to experience these games looking like this. Like this looks too clean now. Um, Dr. Frankenstein over here diving into the forbidden <laughs> arts. It's fascinating <laughs> though. It's like really fun to like go back and be like, what is, oh, like, ooh, look how like crisp this looks. But it's like, it's not going to look as good as an emulator. Like, I mean, like objectively, like if you were to look at the Switch ones, like they look better because the internal resolution in those games have been bumped up. So like, yeah, they look like clean and sharp, sharp edges in a way that this is like, well, no, the, the resolution is like so, so low internally that it's like i've i have cleaned it up and it's like a clean signal but it's still just it looks like an n64 game <laughs> but it's <Yeah>. it's fascinating <laughs> to to like mess with that stuff um it, the the mod also has this uh really great uh built-in like crt scan line feature which i'm normally not a big fan of uh i i don't like that uh on like older consoles because i'm like now nah, give me them like sharp sharp pixels i want to see i want to see that stuff as sharp as possible but i think because the graphics on the n64 look so bad um and like haven't aged the best that the cr the the scanline filter actually makes them look way more palatable to play uh so something about like you get that clean signal from the hdmi and then you put on the scanline filter and you're like yeah yeah, this hits. So uh, it's it's cool if you're willing to spend hundreds of dollars to mod your N64. Uh, you can go check it out. It's called the N64 Digital uh, Pixel FX. Um, you have to buy the thing and then you have to mod it. Which, by the way, modding it is extremely uh, complicated. It is not a beginner mod, so I actually had to send it out to a guy to get it modded. So yes, I spent I spent. Uh, more money than I should just so that I could plug an N64. Just to play Nintendo 64. <laughs> but I can play the N64 games that Nintendo will never, never, ever put out on their modern systems. I can play GoldenEye and I can play, uh, you know, the OG version of Perfect Dark and uh, all that stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, N64 is hot right now. <laughs> I respect that you went for it. I respect that you're willing to commit money to it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, it's the pandemic. What else are you going to do with that money? Nothing. <laughs> burning a hole in your pocket. Um, cool. Uh, and then can we get an update on your uh, horror movies, please? Oh, I, yes. I live for these. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so let me pull up the list. Because uh, I think last we talked about... We talked about a bunch of stuff. I think we ended with us seeing uh, Conjuring was the last one we saw. So we watched the OG Halloween. Or maybe mm. I did mention OG Halloween. I don't remember if I did. We watched OG I Halloween. It was very did, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we watched Reanimator. Have you guys seen Reanimator? No. I don't think okay. so. It doesn't sound familiar. Reanimator is a, I think, 80s or 90s comedy, horror comedy. It's like... It, it, it's called H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. I don't know if it's actually based on an H.P. Lovecraft thing because uh, it is very, like, contemporary. It's basically just about this, like, crazy mad scientist guy from uh, Switzerland who uh, has a serum that brings uh, bodies back from the dead and he's obsessed with it and it just... 
it, it's just trashy, uh, trashy horror nonsense. It's so the the most famous thing about this movie is that there is a decapitated head that um, goes down on a woman in this movie. Is mm-hmm. okay, all right, uh, and that is both as weird and disturbing and awkward as it ima- as it sounds. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. It's weird trashy nonsense it's it's if you're into that kind of style of like horror uh i highly recommend it it's it's very strange um the probably the one that i want to like really talk about though uh is ginger snaps because yeah what a film holy shit uh the perfect mm. follow-up for uh watching uh what is it jennifer's body yeah, no, it's basically the yeah, same movie. Yeah, it's basically movie, the same movie. Like, you should watch them back ex- to back if you haven't yeah, seen them. Yeah, it's the exact same <laughs> film, but it came out, like, nine years earlier <laughs> and is, in my opinion, the better film. Um, it's so good. I I knew nothing about it going in, so I don't want to, like, spoil too much for those who don't know, but basically, it's it's like a small... It's very... It's like a small indie film about two sisters uh and then like a thing happens and yeah i guess if you've seen jennifer's body you can kind of infer maybe something happens to one of the sisters and then like things go from there uh but i what i love about the film is the uh characterization of the sisters who are these uh like late 90s early 2000s like depressed emo teens uh who just hate everyone and like everyone in the movie is just like such an asshole like the the girls are an asshole uh all of their classmates are an assholes um they're they're, like the sweetest character in the in the movie is their mom who is just like this (laughs) very naive overly supportive mom who who is just like trying so hard to uh uh like bond with her kids and just doesn't understand like what they're going through both because they're teens but also because they're going through some like weird fucked up uh, horror movie shit (laughs) but uh i i was so impressed with with its like uh portrayal of its of its female characters it's a movie written by a woman um and it stars like you know female leads but it's very much a horror movie about like teen girls and it, like a lot of it is like the the horror of the movie is like a metaphor for puberty but where most movies uh i feel like use like uh teenage girls and teenage girls puberty as sort of like a punchline like you know like ew that's oh teen girls are gross and the the stuff they have to deal with is gross and like kind of make fun of it um this movie feels way more uh respectful and it's like it's like it's like it's made for for teen girls who are like into this kind of shit it's like uh, it's um again it's hard to describe without like going too spoilery but um i i was impressed with how weirdly progressive this movie felt uh, especially for a movie that came out in 2000 where there was definitely not uh any respect (laughs) made towards um (laughs) You know, like teen girls and the stuff they like, and and I, I was just enthralled the whole way through. I I absolutely loved it. It's it's maybe up there now with some of my favorite favorite films. Um, it's a trilogy. Abs- absolute, give it a watch. 
It's oh boy, I uh, <laughs> so I went down the Strap rabbit in. hole. Yeah, I went down the, I, I didn't watch I the other two. So I will say it the first movie ended in such a perfect way. Um I will warn you the movie is it's a it's a comedy and it's definitely got some funny stuff to it, but it also gets very serious and um also there's a lot of dog murder and mm-hmm. dog death. Oh, wow. okay. Um it's it's very it, it can it kind of depend on you like um uh, georgia she can be kind of sensitive to uh animal cruelty but it it looks fake enough that she was like yeah this like doesn't bother me um also it's a 2000s movie they don't use any cg like all the um the the horror stuff is all like practical effects and it looks really good like they i thought they did a really good job um you know, like working within like their smaller limitations and doing like some really cool creature design stuff. Uh, but anyway, the first movie I thought ended on such a perfect note and I was like, wow, what an amazing film. What a perfect way to end that. Uh, and then I found out there was a sequel and I was like, how, how do you possibly make a sequel to that? And so I read the Wikipedia entry and that second movie sounds batshit bonkers. (laughs) And then I was like, and that, and then the ending of that, according to Wikipedia, also ends in a way where I was like, "Well, how do you possibly make a sequel to that one?" Apparently, the third one is just um, the first movie, but it takes place in 1815, and it's just all the same characters, but they're in 1815. And I'm like, "Okay, so you're telling me is they made like an alternate universe fan fiction of their first movie as a as for the third movie? That's incredible." I don't know if it's good, but God bless them for doing that. That's uh, more movies should do that. <laughs> they should just make alternate reality versions. Anyway, Ginger Snaps. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a cool movie, and I love that I it's that. not a, like I thought it was kind of a reference to the cookie or whatever. But her name is Ginger, yes. and she's she's snapping back at people. Yes. No, it took yeah. it took me a good twenty minutes into the movie because I was just like oh, ginger snaps, and you say it that way. You say ginger snaps because you think the cookie, and then at one point yeah. one of the characters called the main character Ginger, and I was like, "Oh, I figured out what the plot of the movie is. I understand oh, now." <laughs> I mean, I like horror, I mean, but I, I might have to watch this. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's. It's got I some mean, fucked up shit in it. I won't lie to you. It, it definitely does, but it's it's really damn good. It's really good. Regardless of the intention, I now want to eat a ginger snack. So uh, <laughs> fair play to them for working on multiple levels. All right, that was a uh, a rich and uh, deep uh, look at what we've been doing. So let's move on to the next part of the show, which is a quiz. Ooh. This is the yes. Jacob McCourt one one seven quiz. Jean Luc, take it away. Yes, uh, thank you to, to uh, Jacob McCourt, uh, one of our lovely mods in the GameSpot Discord. If you want to check out the GameSpot Discord, uh, you should message Lucy or Tam. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll check if you're a wrongin. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, they'll let you into the Discord. It's a lovely mm-hmm. time with lovely people. But yes, Jacob McCourt made this wonderful uh, Halo 117 quiz. Uh, we're going to start with the warm-up. Okay. The warm-up. What is Master Chief's real name? John John, because he's John 117. Yeah. Or wait, do you mean the name 
Wait, does he get a new name after Halsey kidnapped? I don't him? think so. No. Okay. No, isn't it just? I always thought it was like just he's he's John. always John, right? Okay. I don't know. He was the John one that uh, Halsey tested him by. He would always win a game where you had to win the game by racing people up a hill, and she was like, "Ah, oh, this proves." And let me use this coin and see if you can guess right. And he guessed right. And it's like, ah, oh, this proves you're exceptionally lucky. I'm like, I'm not sure if that's the case, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I love that you remember is, is that. His, isn't his full name like Petty Chief Officer? Well, that's John the title. That's the title. <laughs> that's, I was like, no, yeah, it's his, his name now. His first name is Petty, surname is Chief, and then his uh, middle name is Chief, and then surname is John117. Yeah, I know it's John. I don't know what his last name is because I'd want to say John Spartan, but that's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in yeah, Commando. That, no, that is no, <laughs> no, it's not. That is, is it not uh, Commando? That is uh, no, that's Sylvester oh. Stallone's character in Demolition oh, Man. Oh, right. What was what was Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Commando? Who cares? It's not as good as hey, John hey, Spartan in Demolition Man, the greatest movie ever created. Don't shit on Commando. John Matrix! John Matrix <laughs> is his name in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, man. They don't they don't make uh, action yeah. hero names like they used to, which is just <laughs> we should we should before we start, before I mean we have one question, we should lay out our experience oh, levels okay. with Halo. Like okay, how I read Halo at least four or five of the Halo books in middle school. So as well as played okay. all the games. So I feel like I have to pull into the recesses of my brain, but it's the information's there somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love the franchise, but uh, to kind of offset that, I've got an exceptionally shit memory. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Devante, I didn't play one or two. I started mm. with three and mm. was in a Halo tournament where oh, I came yeah. in third place out of three teams. So. That- Damn, <laughs> that is that is uh, that's powerful. I love it, <laughs> Jordan. Um, I have not played all of the games. I've not played the original Halo Wars. Uh, yeah, that's okay. And <laughs> uh, part of Halo Two. I ha- I have done Halo Wars too, which is important for Infinite. Um, and I've not read all of the books, but I've read a decent amount of them enough that like you could ask me like who are kelly and linda and i could give you an answer okay okay so we've got a good breadth of knowledge here yeah cam do you want to keep the score by the way uh yes so i mean like are we doing can we get is it is this a contest between us or are we doing like just you know i think yeah, yeah. I think we should all okay. like we, we we'll all get a point if we get it right. Okay. Uh, oh, so it's not cooperative; it's competitive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The people want a winner, Jordan. Okay, so who got that one? Did I get that one? Well, we all said John, and the okay. answer is in fact John one one seven or John. So yes, we all get a point. Okay. John. I John. give his backstory. I should have extra. Points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many mainline Halo games are there in the series as of the recording of this episode? Mainline? Mainline. Mainline. Because you got... Wait, so by the recording of this episode, does that mean it doesn't count Halo Infinite because Halo Infinite hasn't come out yet? I don't know. (laughs) 
I, I would I because, but we do know about the game. Like, <laughs> yeah, because no, the question says, "Has there been how many? So how many implies... has there are? How many are there in the series? Oh, okay, how many has there? How been? many are so there? Okay, so that counts. I think I think so we, like, it counts. Halo one, so it does two, count Halo three, Infinite. four, five, infinite. Um, I assuming you don't count. Um, ODST what about the anniversaries for Combat Evolved and Two? Yeah, dude, they're those, basically I count separate those. games. Those are just yeah. remakes. No, I would count ODST. I see. Yeah. I would count ODST personally. You, I. But it's not mainland, though, is it? It's a side. Yeah. I, wouldn't it's, I wouldn't count Reach either. Yeah, I, would yeah, I wouldn't count Reach. I would. I would count Reach. I would. I would say the mainline. Aren't the mainline games just the ones that star master? See, that's what the name mainline. Yeah. Like, what is that <laughs> essentially? Mean? Like. Yeah, like if we're talking, if we're talking straight up main canon, like core Halo games, I think it's six. But like, if you want to bend it a bit, like ODST and Reach. See, I think mainline refers I to more like the style, because where, where that's where I'd be like, oh, the Halo uh, Spartan Assault iPad game, like that doesn't count. Like yeah. I wouldn't count that. I Halo yeah, Wars, I would Halo count either, Wars yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think then Fortnite's uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where does that yeah, sit? technically. <laughs> yeah. Um I guess eight if you count Reach. And yeah, I guess ODST. if you count the I'm gonna say eight. I'm counting ODST and, and Reach. Yeah, I'll I'll go with the consensus. We'll count ODST and Reach. Tim, you can you can disagree if you wanna uh, potentially go uh, ahead. I mean I, I'm gonna say I'm going to say six, just just because I don't want to count ODST and reach. So I think I'm, also I'm trying gonna to go with I'm six. trying to put myself in my in the space of where okay. Jacob McCall was. at. OK, so I'm going to say six. You guys say Devante, six. what are you going eight. for? I'm going for eight. OK, okay. Devante, let's see. We got a split. OK, seven. What? What, what game are they counting that we're not? Oh. oh, he he. OK, he didn't count Halo Infinite. So. Oh, so you're um, right. You're okay. with the wait. How, since it I think we're right. Yet. So you two he get didn't the count, point. He didn't count a Halo Infinite. Yeah. So I think if we collectively agree to each remove a, a number to yeah. not count Halo Infinite, okay. then seven games: yeah. Halo, Halo Two, Halo Three, Halo Three ODST, Halo Reach, Halo Four, and Halo Five. You're wrong, sir. <laughs> wait. So who is getting points there? None of us. John, Luke, and Devante okay, are getting John, points. I would say me and me and Devante. Okay. Okay. How many Halo Wars games have been made? Two. 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 The answer is two, yes. Oh. These are the warm-ups. Was there like a mobile one I'm forgetting? No. Uh, which developer created the Halo Wars series and which developer was brought in for the sequel? Oh, shit. Uh, Halo shit. Wars was, shit. I think, Creative <laughs> Assembly? No, it wasn't Creative no, Assembly. I think, no, wasn't that the one that... <sighs> it was on Ensembles? Oh, Ensemble, creative yeah. Ensemble, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't yeah, exist yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was Ensemble Studios. I don't remember who did the sequel. Sequel Creative Assembly? No, no, I don't think. If you give me whoever did the sequel, like they were well known for doing like really big, deep yeah. cinematics beforehand, and that's why Halo Wars Two has like the crazy good oh, like cinematic I think, cut I th scenes. I think, I think Halo Wars uh. Two is Creative Assembly. Halo Wars 1 was a som ensemble. ensemble. Halo Wars 2 is creative. That's assembly. my guess. That's my guess as well. Yeah. I have no guesses. So I'll go with the consensus because <laughs> I honestly okay. have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yep. Halo Wars 1 was Ensemble Studios, RIP, and huh. Halo Wars 2 was Creative Assembly with support from 343. 
Sweet. We got it. Right. What year is the original Halo set? Oh, I totally know this. Uh, oh, God. I think it is one. It's two, one, four. Oh, it's the last number that's going to get me. Nine? I want to say seven or three. Ooh, that might be Mass Effect, Tam. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like 21, 43 or 47. I think, I think it's, it's 43. 43. That sounds right. And yeah, I'm getting so confused because I did so many Mass Effect like <laughs> timeline lore videos and we had to do so many I'm going to say 2143. Uh, That's my guess. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it's 43. Fuck, 2143. I'll just say Which 40. hopefully I'm not just confusing with Battlefield and giving them like, Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, completely wrong. What was it? Really? What uh, is it? 2552. I was 25? way off. Wow. 25. I was way off. Man, oh, fake Halo like, fan optimistic over here. of them to think that the human race is going to last for another <laughs> 500 years. <laughs> Next question. Okay, now we're into the gauntlet. That was the easy shit. Mm, uh, oof. Halo may share the same world as which other Bungie developed game series? Say that again. Halo what? may share the same world as which other Bungie developed game series? Marathon. I know this one. Yeah, Marathon. The answer is Marathon, yes. Okay. I said, I said <laughs> you guys ever played Marathon? Life. Marathon's weird. Nope. Yeah, it's not no. there My introduction to Bungie is pretty much just Halo and then going from there to Destiny and not touching anything. They else. are um <laughs> they're they're really hard to go back to because like they're really old, you know. PC shooters or Mac shooters specifically, but some of the storytelling in those games is kind of uh, pretty mind blowing for back then. Like they, like they're like cryptic AI fight stuff. Like gets into some of like the really like deep lore type of stuff that they were doing with like later Halo games or even like Destiny. Now, like they were doing that all the way back in like the '90s, and it's it's kind of wild to to go back and like read that stuff. Even though the games themselves are, in my opinion, uh, just kind of okay. Uh, what is the name of the primary antagonist in Halo 4? Oh my lord. I cannot remember <laughs> one bit. The, uh, was it the Didact? No. I, no, yeah, no. I was say, it wasn't, yeah, I think no, it's no, the Didact. The Didact was 4? I, yeah. I can't, don't think I ever completed The Didact might have been the dude who was protecting Cortana in Halo 5. No, that was the Guardian. Oh, no, the guardians. No, the guardians were the things that the Cortana big things. You're right. brought in. Uh, There's a lot of forerunner tech that deals yeah. with like very similar words. I'm gonna say didact. You might be right. That was my gut reaction, and I'm I'm gonna go with the gut. Go with didact. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with didact <laughs> as well. Uh, the yes, the I, I although he says it is pronounced the erdact is how it's pronounced. What erdact? Erdact. That can't be right. Or the Shadow of Sundered Star, which is probably a name from the books that I didn't read, the Forerunner Or one of those, like, optional logs that you could find or something. All I remember about that is in Halo 4, you meet that character, he shows up at a cutscene, leaves, and then the next cutscene, both Master Chief and Cortana are just calling him the Didact. And but he never said his name, and I was so confused. There's clearly something there missing. There was like a yeah, missing Yeah, I know exactly scene. what you're talking and about. And I was like, "What? <laughs> who? Why does everyone know who this guy is? He just what? All right, okay." In the religion of the covenant, describe the great journey. 
All right. So you got to oh bring down the whole song. So like the entire like <laughs> philosophy of Halo 2 and Halo 3, like that entire just Maybe. like Maybe he somehow managed to fit it into one short line. So, uh, I mean, it's basically... Just unleash the flood and kill it. <laughs> One so that they go well, on it's the... activating the halo, yeah. it's activating the halo, and then they all like ascend to all hollow heaven or nirvana or whatever right? yeah, the yeah, their thing is. <laughs> it's a stupid plan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ascend to godhood after activating the halo ring. It's so weird because even like the they reveal that the the um the prophets all know it's fake too and i'm like well then why are you doing it you could it's stop cool. <laughs> you could just stop like <laughs> if you know it's fake why are you doing that i don't know they've already invested so much time they just have to keep going <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's yeah real time sync on that one uh oh this wait, is wait, interesting wait, wait, one wait, wait. so who's getting points for that uh oh all of us because we all oh, got it okay cool I'll take like, oh, I accidentally yeah, mentioned the flood instead of the halo ring, so I feel like I shouldn't get the point. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Hale, the voice of Cortana, voices which prominent video game princess? Princess? Mm-hmm. That's what threw me off, too. Wait, what? This is a halo question? Okay. Well, it's halo uh, related. I'm 90% oh, uh, confident shit. in this one. Uh, what? But I won't say it because I want you guys to to guess it. Oh, fuck. Who else does Jennifer? Wait, are you saying video game princess or? Yes, a video game princess. That would be a. Or sorry, not Jennifer Hale. I'm sorry, Jen Taylor, voice of Cortana. I said Jennifer Hale. I'm sorry, I threw you guys off. That is 100 my bad. Okay, okay. I just saw the word Jen and I was like Jennifer Hale. Autocorrect. Autocorrect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my brain auto-corrected um, that. No, sorry. Jen Taylor, the voice of Cortana. The voice is which prominent uh, video game princess. I know this. Apologies to everyone listening to this who is screaming at me. What the fuck are you talking I, about? I did that. I did that literally <laughs> the it? other day when when um when uh when the she... Halo Infinite because she sounds very similar. <laughs> is she the English voice of Zelda and Breath of the Wild? No. Is she? I don't think so. No. no. No, because like when I think prominent princess, like the only two that come to mind are Zelda and Peach. But maybe that's just my Nintendo bias showing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's where my I brain. I feel goes like to. I know this, but my brain is not pulling, pulling it as I need it. Uh, uh, no, it's not coming to me. Yeah, I'm not okay. gonna get this one. My, I'm ninety percent sure it's Princess Peach. She's which Peach? game? What game does she voice? That's a good Peach? question. Uh, the answer is yes, Princess Peach. She does voice Princess wow. Peach. Uh, Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> she voices Princess Peach. Uh, of good time. A good chunk of them. <laughs> I don't think she did Odyssey, but uh, yeah. Shout out to Jen Taylor. Putting in the work. Putting in the work. Mm -hmm. uh, question 10. In 2018, oh, this is going to be, uh, I'm, oh boy. In 2018, Xbox partnered with which, with which North American arcade chain to launch, uh, Halo Fireteam, Fireteam Raven into arcades? Oh, what the fuck um, is Fireteam uh, Raven? That is, that is a, uh, it was an arcade version. I think Shit. I actually I know the answer busters. to this. I, 
<laughs> that was my guess. I think it's Stephen Busters. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's the only like arcade thing that I know that's still I, like I, around remember, in North America. I, I remember people Dave being like, is there a nearby Dave and Busters I can go to so I can play <laughs> the Halo arcade game? I, I'm pretty sure Dave and Busters is right. Yep. It is Dave and hey. Busters. Yeah. Chris and Tam didn't have me write that news story, so <laughs> wouldn't know it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. How many Halo books have been published as of the recording of this okay, episode, so including okay. anthologies, novellas, and YA adaptions? There are YA wow. Halo adaptions? <laughs> yeah, there are. What? And I'm not going to get this because there's a lot and Nine I won't know the exact million. number. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. There is a 117. It's the OG3. Then there was fall. There was there was those three. Like, are they also counting like the comics too? Like, there's some like graphic novels and. <laughs> yeah, I had like a, gra- a a graphic novel um that I got stolen from my locker in middle school, and I was really devastated about it. Uh, what? Who stole this? Feels this feels like the mainline question again, where I'm like, I need to know like the exact parameters. But also, I think even if I okay, knew the I exact parameters, I wouldn't we'll all, get the exact. We'll number. go with whoever gets the closest, because I doubt we're gonna get the right number. So I is it over under? Yeah, we'll do like an over under whoever whoever's the closest. I'm going to go with 18 18 novels. I'm going to I'm going to go with 14. Okay. When you do something like wild, I'm going to do like 40. Damn. Wow. Okay. <laughs> What, what would you say, Devante? Okay. 24. 24. Oh, 34. Jordan takes it. Oh, wow. Jordan. Damn it. <laughs> almost said 32. I should have went with 32. <laughs> I thought that was too high. 34 Halo? Oh, I'm like, I know there's been a lot. Like, there's definitely been more than 15. Because, like, when I recently was like, oh, Halo Infinite's coming out. Maybe we should do, like, a here's the timeline of halo <laughs> to get you caught up in halo infinite and i did like a quick cursory search to like see if that was feasible and i was like oh absolutely not and i have not suggested yeah. it and this is this is why you always do the check purpose. before you suggest it in a meeting because <laughs> yeah. otherwise you've committed yourself to a bad time there's so much lore for those games and oof, mm-hmm. we'll see how much halo infinite dives into yeah. it i'd have to do like a quick reread ahead of time uh, all right, number 12. Which Sons of Anarchy star has a role in the Halo series? I have never seen Sons of Anarchy. I have either. Uh, if I just had to throw a guess, I would say, is it the guy who plays Locke? Is he in Sons of is, Anarchy? It is, it okay, is. I can't I remember what his... Name, so. Yeah, fuck. That was just like my guess. I was like, <laughs> uh, the guy who plays Locke would maybe be there. I don't know his name. Oh, because um, what's his name? Shit. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, because he name? plays himself before he becomes he's, a Spartan. Yeah, he's, uh, he's isn't isn't he in um? He's Luke Cage. Yes, but what's uh, his name? What's Michael, his name? Michael Coulter. Michael Coulter. <laughs> <Michael Coulter. laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Coulter. No, we were wrong. Uh, he's not in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, it's Ron Perlman. I was gonna say, why is he? 
Oh my god. Uh, I was like, why is who? he why is he in Sons of Anarchy? He's Luke Cage. See, I threw it off because I was just like, oh, okay. it's, it's got to be him. No, it's Ron Perlman who, yeah, I guess he's in Sons of Anarchy. I don't know. I've never seen that show. Um, but I forgot Ron Perlman. Hellboy? You're talking about Hellboy? No. Yeah, Hellboy. He's uh, he's Lord Hood in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Uh, he is in Sons. Ron Perlman. I remember commercials. Hmm. A lot of weird random voice actors like David Cross is in Halo 2 uh, as like random uh, David Marines. Cross? Yes, David Cross is in Halo 2 as like random Marines. <laughs> Along with like Michelle Rodriguez, like it's weird. They, they, they just oh, wow. grabbed weird random like celebrities and put them in that game <laughs> because Microsoft had so much money to burn. Uh... Uh, okay, fun little bonus question uh, about Ron Perlman. Uh, Ron Perlman has appeared as the narrator in several games in which RPG Fallout. series? The answer is Fallout. That's an easy one. All right, final question. When does Do we Halo... get for that? <laughs> ah, ah, it's a bonus. Sure. And it was... Okay, it's okay. A little bonus a question. <laughs> uh, when does Halo Infinite drop? Oh, no, December eighth, my birthday. Yeah, December eighth. Ah, oh, it's your birthday? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, oh. Xbox. This is the best birthday present you could have given me. <laughs> All right, Asha. Jeez. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy birthday, Xbox and Jordan. <laughs> uh, that is correct, December 8th. Uh, and that is it for the 117 quiz. Thank you, Jacob McCourt. Thank you. The winner was Jordan. For that lovely quiz. The winner was Jordan, Jordan because won. Uh, Halo comes out on his birthday. Because Halo comes out, and also he got closest to the... Uh, the novel the number. book one yeah yeah really that was by far the hardest question so. yeah yeah well done thank you jacob for that excellent quiz and thank you for listening to the GameSpot after dark podcast we promised you you'd get a long one soon and you've got a long one stop complaining <laughs> i'm not even sure i don't think, sure. I don't think anyone's complaining <laughs> i'm about to say i don't think a single person <laughs> not no. a single person <laughs> everyone's been very understanding so uh, i apologize for that very uh, antagonistic comment but seriously, stop complaining. Um, uh, Jordan, where you at? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JMRamay. Uh, just a lot of Apex stuff this week. By the time this comes out, the mm -hmm. uh, embargo for Apex Legends Season 11 previews will have gone off. And so Persia will have published some stuff. I'll have published some stuff. Just... Apex for days, and we'll probably keep going until the season starts on November 2nd. Lovely. Uh, Devante, where can people find you and what are you up to? You can find me over on Twitter at Devante Chisholm and, you know, uh, on GameSpot News every mm, every other fantastic. week. Fantastic. Jean-Luc? Uh, you can find me over at uh, Jean-Luc Seipke. Uh, the one thing I'm working on that I can at least just say that I'm playing it is uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, there was like a preview embargo that went up on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast just because um, it's so early still that I'd rather just talk about it more uh, in the coming weeks when I can say more about it because uh, I just didn't have too much to say about it. But uh, yeah, that is a game. It's coming out. If 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 you like. SMT and you like demons, uh, you should stay tuned for more coverage of that game. You like oh. demons? <laughs> you like demons, boy? Um, yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Tomorrow H, um, and I'm on Twitch at Tomorrow H, and I'm on everything there with that same username. And what am I doing? Who knows? No one really knows what I do anymore. I just do stuff everything. there and there. Yeah, everything and nothing. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.